What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. You can call the hospital on Napier Avenue in St. Joseph Corwell Health Lakeland. The former BHSH Health System announced last week it's changing its name to Corwell Health as Spectrum Health and Beaumont Health complete their merger, creating the largest health care provider and employer in Michigan. Corwell Health South President Lauren Hamill tells us BHSH was never intended to be a permanent name. We knew that would take time, so we used the BHSH initials as a temporary name that we knew nobody would become attached to and nobody would love. And it's harder to pick a new name than you would think. You go through thousands of choices. Hamill says Corwell refers to the core of everything the health system does, meaning health and wellness. It'll take some time before all the signs are changed. It'll take us about a year and a half to put all that infrastructure together. But then I think you're going to see very significant enhancements that the patients we serve are going to benefit from. Hamill says as the merger of the two health systems, Spectrum and Beaumont, is complete, patients will see improved opportunities as more resources are brought together. He notes that Corwell Health operates three hospitals in Berrien County, In addition to Corwell Health Lakeland, there's Corwell Health Niles and Corwell Health Watervliet. There's a new leadership team in place at the Krasl Arts Center. Former director Julia Gorley Donahue tells us she is now the senior director of advancement, while Tammy Fauver is the director and chief curator. Gorley Donahue says after years of handling both community networking and management, she can focus on growing the Krasl now. This position really allows me to continue that work for Krasl Art Center and to really set us up for financially stable and, and soluble future for the organization. Gorley Donahue says the change has been in the works since the spring. After a few years of COVID, she knew it was time to step, ba- step back a bit. I think many of my peers in, in, in the community and beyond will empathize with the weight of leading an organization period, and and also leading an organization through pandemic. And I was doing a lot of soul searching about what I needed to do to better recover for myself. Gorley Donahue says the new leadership team shows Krasl is growing and will continue to grow. New director Tammy Fauver says it's her goal to, quote, ensure the art center remains vibrant within the community. Gorley Donahue says supporters won't see a massive change in Krasl and that it'll just be stronger moving forward. Planning is underway for a busy year of exhibitions and, of course, the Krasl Art Fair. The results are in from a parcel-by-parcel survey of broadband availability in Berrien County, and now local governments can use the detailed data to seek support for expanded broadband. DCS Technology did a study for the county, and founder Chris Scherer tells us he found plenty of pockets of Berrien County with no broadband. There's 86,000 parcels in Berrien County. 73,000 of them are occupied, meaning there's a residence there. People live there. There's a farming operation, a small business. And out of those, there's currently 11,539 that do not have access to any type of high-speed Internet. Are the areas lacking in broadband availability? all concentrated in rural areas. Surprisingly, no. Every municipality, there's 39 municipalities in Berrien County, there is only one, the city of Watervliet, that is 100% serviced right now. 
Shero says even in St. Joseph Township and Benton Township, they found homes with new, no access. Meanwhile, Galeen Township is 100% without broadband availability, as defined by DCS. Shero says only a fiber allows, that allows speeds up to 100 megabytes per second counts. Cable companies never rolled out service to some areas for profitability reasons, but Shero says now is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to use federal dollars to make broadband availability universal. His engineers drove 2,500 road miles to do their study. Now the Berrien County Board of Commissioners will use the data they've collected to address the issue of availability. From concerned parents to a forensic psychologist and a leader from the Out Center, community members flooded the St. Joseph Public Schools Board of Education meeting last night to share their opinions on what has become a contentious question in schools around the country. Should public schools ban books with sexual content? The issue has been brewing since school returned to session when a district parent asked St. Joe Schools to be aware of a book that she felt was pornographic in nature. Now, 11 titles are under review by a committee. Here's what that parent had to say to school board trustees last night. There's a line that can be crossed and a line was crossed. I do trust the, the school and the system and that's why I raised my concerns to them. To let them handle it how they felt best. Another district parent who has worked with victims of sexual exploitation crimes took exception to some of the claims against the books. I am disgusted that people from this parent activist group are accusing BOE members and educators of exposing kids to pornography, committing child exploitation and grooming, and sexually indoctrinating them. These are grave and serious accusations, and I have seen these actual behaviors in real life against my victims, and they are atrocious. This is not what's happening in our schools. You undermine real victims and drive away excellent educators and staff. St. Joe Superintendent Jenny Fee says a review committee has been set up and a written report on the challenged books will be issued by November 11th. You can read her full report on the meeting last night at WSJM.com. Benton Harbor City Commissioners have approved the latest piece of the puzzle for a new surveillance camera system to be set up around the city. At a meeting last night, Community Development Director Alex Little said the last action needed was to approve the electrical connections for the cameras to be installed on utility poles he just talked to the contractor. As soon as the electrician starts getting the power to the poles, he'll start installing the cameras, and we're trying our best to see if we can get it done before the weather sets out. Commissioners back in August authorized spending $177,000 in federal ARPA funds for the camera purchase, plus another $103,000 for installation. The contract will enable the city to protect assets like the armory and 200 pawpaw, as well as city parks while catching those who come to town to dump trash. The cost for the electrical connections approved last night will be $62,000. More than a quarter of those on the ballot for November's elections have publicly expressed doubts about the legitimacy of the 2020 presidential election. Does that concern Congressman Fred Upton? It does. I was in the Capitol that day and witnessed firsthand what went on. And two years later now, and there's no real evidence of fraud that would have overturned the election. Upton says we're two years out of the election and there's been no credible information to back up a bogus claim of a stolen election. There are a lot of Americans that believe the election was stolen, but here we are two years later. And even leading voices within the former Trump administration, like Bill Barr as attorney general and others, came forward and said that was bullshit. Upton's time in Washington ends with the end of the current term. He says if Congress will get anything done after January, when he's expecting a Republican House and Democratic Senate, the two parties will have to listen to each other and work together. 
And the Berrien County Trial Court has announced the continued funding of its two treatment courts, as well as the Swift Insurer Sanctions Probation Program for fiscal year 2023. The trial court has received notice of three grants from the state court administrator's office, totaling $408,000 for the programs. It says the funds will continue to support the operations of the Drug Treatment Court, the Mental Health Court, and the Swift Insurer Sanctions Probation Program. The Mental Health Court was established in 2009 and targets individuals on probation for misdemeanor and felony offenses with serious mental illnesses. The Drug Treatment Court was established in 2010 and seeks to help those caught in the system due to a substance abuse problem. The Swift Insure Sanctions Probation Program is an intensive probation program started back in 2012. The goal of all three is to help offenders turn themselves around and stay out of the system. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg Report. WSJM News Now continues. More Russian airstrikes today using Iran-made kamikaze drones in Ukraine. It's part of a wave of Russian attacks on mostly civilian targets. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky says 30% of the country's power plants have been destroyed in just the last week. More from ABC's Brit Klenet in Kyiv. In some cities, Ukrainians are buying power generators and gas burners. Some are urged to reduce their, their power consumption at peak times. Some are even facing these kind of rolling periodic blackouts. The energy crisis is such a huge problem for Ukrainians, and these power plant attacks are seriously threatening to interrupt the energy supply, you know, impacting heating, water, and electricity ahead of the cold winter months, which are just around the corner. And it does get bitterly cold here in Ukraine. President Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness plan announced back in August will cancel up to $20,000 in debt per borrower. The application process is now open, and the administration says the form should take about five minutes minutes to complete. Borrowers who apply before mid-November should see forgiveness before the 1st of January when payments on loans are scheduled to restart after a pause during the pandemic. Some Republican-led states have filed lawsuits to try to stop the cancellation, but the Biden administration says it's confident the challenges will not succeed. A French construction materials company with outposts in the U.S. and all over the world pleaded guilty today to making payments to ISIS at a time when the group's fighters were kidnapping and beheading Westerners. More from ABC's Aaron Katursky. To keep its cement plant in northern Syria operational, Lafarge made what U.S. Attorney Brian Peace called a deal with the devil. It went into business with ISIS, paying millions and eventually sharing revenue. Millions of dollars that ISIS could use to recruit members to wage war against government. The company pleaded guilty, was sentenced to $800 million in forfeiture and fines, and said it wished the conduct never occurred. This is the first time a corporation has pleaded guilty to providing material support to terrorism. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. President Biden today promised American voters if Democrats keep control of Congress, he will ensure abortion is legal across the country, counteracting the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade. The president was speaking to an audience at the Howard Theater in Washington, D.C. in remarks hosted by the Democratic National Committee. More from ABC's Karen Travers. President Biden says if keeping reproductive rights is important to voters, they should elect more Democrats to the Senate and help Democrats keep control of the House. First bill that I will send to the Congress will be to codify Roe v. Wade. And when Congress passes it, I'll sign it in January. 50 years after Roe was first decided the law of the land. With polls showing abortion trailing the economy and inflation as key issues for voters, the president said he's asking Americans to remember how they felt on the day the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade and get out and vote in November. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. 
European Union leaders enter a crucial stretch this week to make sure runaway energy prices and short supplies do not further weaken their struggling economies and foment unrest. At the same time, they need to keep all 27 members united in their opposition to Russian President Vladimir Putin. The EU's Executive Commission presents a blueprint tomorrow that needs to reconcile the gap between those who want to impose a common gas price cap to keep prices down and those who think it'll primarily keep out supplies and further starve industries and businesses. Then on Thursday, EU leaders will start two days of talk seeking a compromise, however hard it may be. It's 21 days until Election Day, November 8th, and millions of Americans have already cast their ballots in races that could tip the balance of power in Congress. More from ABC's Jay O'Brien. More than 2 million Americans have already voted early or by mail ahead of Election Day, according to data analyzed by the University of Florida's U.S. Elections Project. The head of that program says that voter turnout is higher than usual for midterm elections. One close contest in a state seeing high voter turnout, the Senate race in Georgia, where incumbent Democratic Senator Ralph Raphael Warnock is trying to hold on to his job against Republican challenger Herschel Walker. Candidates in another close race, Republican J.D. Vance and Democratic Rep. Tim Ryan, running for Senate in Ohio, debated Monday night. Jay O'Brien, ABC News. And two college students in Wyoming are alive but injured after they were attacked by a grizzly bear. However, their training paid off, says ABC's Alex Stone. Typically, when bear attacks unfold, it's not two trained wrestlers fighting back. Kendall Cummings and Brady Lowry happened to be college wrestlers in Wyoming. Over the weekend, they were out antler hunting when they were attacked by a grizzly. Kendall told the Cowboy State Daily that when he saw Brady being attacked, Kendall jumped on the grizzly and yanked him hard by the ear, causing pain to the bear. Kendall saying he could hear the bear's teeth hitting his skull and the crunching as a bear was biting down on bones. Both men have major injuries and have undergone multiple surgeries. They say they are best friends for life. Alex Stone, ABC News. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.